Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting Podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. All right, so we had a week off. We're going to do this a little bit. There's a lot to cover today. I guess that's the best way to put it because a lot has happened in that time. Mm -hmm. So the first thing was there was some fights this weekend in terms of Alistair, Horsemeat, Overeem. And Bade Harari, Hari, did you happen to see how that transpired? No, but I was randomly watching old clips of Alistair over him, like fuck up Brock Lesnar and win K1. Like he was Dude. the demolition yeah. man. So this is great because this was a trilogy fight. They fucking hate each other. So like this is like right on. And it's been a while. They're one and one. When Alistair first fought Hari, it was, I think Alistair was only like two and two as a kickboxer. So people didn't really take him seriously. Like, ah, he's an MMA guy. And then he knocked out Badr Hari, who was like the guy. And, you know, like, he's a legend. So then it was like, oh, shit, Alistair's for real. Badr Hari trains. They have a rematch. Badr Hari knocks out over him. Like, God dang. So it's one and one. And then they never got to rematch. Alistair comes back and beats him with a unanimous decision in this last fight. Really? Yep, this last win. Alistair is back on the win track. How old is Alistair right now? Probably like 38. That's my guess. I'm, I'm going to guess 42. I'm looking up right now. No, I don't think he's that old. I think he might even be younger than us. forever. He's exactly 42. Oh, dang. Okay. But he looks young. Yeah. Well, I think he's back on the TRT. He's definitely more jacked than he was his last fight in UFC. <laughs> Horse meat over him is my favorite mythical fighter, I think. Yeah, I have a buddy and we joke. We're like, is he going to be full ream this time? Like, is he going to be... Uberim, or is it just going to be Overeem? You know, like <laughs> for those that don't know, there was a story once that came out with Alistair Overeem where he was in a Dutch nightclub and he beat up 12 bouncers. Hmm. And the only damage I think he suffered was he broke both his hands. Yeah. Overeem is huge and a very skilled fighter. So, like, but tough you figure break bouncer, for anyone. Bouncers are huge and there's 12 of them, you know? And he just yeah, but like Overeem is a monster. He's the only one that looked more physically intimidating than Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah. The only other fighter I think that's ever, like Brock was clearly like a physical specimen. And then yeah, Overeem I think he's 10 out when of 10. he was on roids yep. was bigger and scarier and looked yep. more fluid where Brock, even though Brock was huge and 6'4", yeah. was like a little bit more square. Where Overeem six yeah. four was like he looked like a superhero. He was mm-hmm. just looked longer and lean, but also massively back. Yeah, like an anime character. It's crazy. I'm an Overeem fan. I'll always be an Overeem fan. I was really rooting for him on his last run in the UFC. So to, to see him go back into glory and win against Badahari is awesome. At his peak, he might have been like there was a chance he could have been a goat level fighter because he won the kickboxing. He was the best kickboxer yeah. at one point in the world. Yep. And then a heavyweight. What did he win the heavyweight championship? He was strike force champion, strike force champion, but not mm. UFC. Correct. He was also, I think, was he a pride champion too? I Maybe, maybe, but yeah, he was like so close to that level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely hall of fame uncontested. Yes. Easily. Yeah. Definitely one of the greats. All right. And then other things that happened this weekend, Daniel Cormier made his WWE debut. Did you know this? 
<laughs> no, he always <laughs> so, he likes wrestling. He loves wrestling. In fact, Ric Flair is the reason why he even got into collegiate wrestling. They're from the same wrestling. town, right in Louisiana. Right, exactly. So he was a special guest referee. People postulate that they think they're going to have a almost like a faux MMA match with Brock Lesnar. Like they might be mm-hmm. like going that route. That way, Daniel Cormier can kind of just assimilate in. And yeah, so it's kind of interesting. I mean, I, Daniel Cormier is 45. So like, I don't know how much he's got. Left. But I, I love Daniel. I think he's funny. I think he's witty. I think he's a great fit for the WWE if, they, if he wants to do it. Mm-hmm. You just don't like him as an announcer. But everything Correct. else, he's, he is great. Everything else Daniel see- Cormier does, I love. I just don't like his commentating. It would have been such a tease because I would have loved to see him fight Brock. That would have been a great fight. Yes. A healthy, younger Brock and Daniel Cormier, like two of the best American wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. oh, that would have been beautiful to see. Yeah. Is he going to be a good guy or a bad guy? Brock is good right now, so I don't know. But like they, that could change. You know, they always change that shit. The best. Yeah. All right. Speaking, uh, speaking of great fighters, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> CEO of Facebook. Yeah, didn't he look good in the video when that went viral where he was okay. like moving with like his coach? Like I was a like, lot of people be- sent me that as if I hadn't already seen it. And they all said that same thing. Dang, he looks good. And when I saw it, I was like, dang, he looks bad. But I'm like, really? he looks bad in that like he's new. Like people he- like, oh, he's moving his his movements were so exaggerated. Like it looked like it was his it was coordinated in that like it looked like it was orchestrated, but he had just learned to do it 20 minutes ago. That's what it looked no. like. Yeah. I, the way- so I think the people that don't train is like, oh, like he looked like he could move. And I looked at it. And I'm like, oh, no, like put him against a guy a year into MMA and they would kill him. Yeah. No, that's the difference. It's like when he looked good for what we think of Mark Zuckerberg, which is like a robot that has zero athletic ability. I still Where, take yeah. Elon Musk over him. In a fight? Yeah. I don't know. Easily. He, Musk is a lot bigger. Musk probably weighs like 250. I don't know if he's that big. Dude, there's a picture that came out where he's like fat. Okay, well, like that doesn't exactly help him if Zuckerberg can like stick and move. Exactly. So that's what okay, I'm thinking. I Zuckerberg still think, has a chance to win. I still think Elon wins. I think Zuckerberg, he was like the third richest person in the world and he was like accumulating wealth. Mm-hmm. And I think like the last few years, everyone just thinks of Zuckerberg as a bitch where people will talk about Musk like Musk has fans. Bezos, yeah, that's true. Bezos went to space and has like a hot yeah. girlfriend now where Zuckerberg, everyone's just like, you're a robot. You're a bitch. We don't like you. Facebook sucks. Like, you know, like and it's just and the stock price is tanking. I I'm going to double down on this. I, I agree with all that. Yeah, everybody does that. So I think. Zuckerberg is training to fucking show a better side of him, and that's why he would win that fight. Because oh, you think it's like more for like public acceptance? And his own acceptance. If everybody calls you a bitch, no matter how rich you are, you start <laughs> to feel a little bit like fuck. That okay, hurts. but but he, don't you think he's going about it in like a King Joffrey type of way? It's the only way you could go about it. He can't go into a regular. You're not going to win fans if you're like King Joffrey. So like he literally rented out the UFC arena for him and his wife. Oh, no, no, I didn't mean that. That's different. And so I wanted yeah, to get to that. And then he's that. like giving thumbs up and like thumbs down like he's a fucking like king gladiator. Like, yeah, yeah, no one else in the arena. You're all fighting for me. 
I just got into the sport, you know, two months ago. His wife looked horrified at the fights and they weren't even bad <laughs> fights. And I'm like, yo, why is she here? She's like, oh, like she's covering her face and stuff. She's like, oh, like she's so, have you seen the pictures? Like it's so bad. Yeah. I think he's going to buy a piece of the UFC probably. Oh my gosh. Bezos in, just in what got into. sport would you have just some rich guy just rent out the stadium and watch? Dude, any sport would allow that if it meant more money than it was the worst card of the year. Yeah, easily. But like, that's so weird to do. It is so weird. He should have had some fans, but it's not like there's that many fans at the Apex. He might buy like well, that's maybe the 10%. Wouldn't that have been the perfect time to just buy like 10 seats? And then with his fans, they're like, oh, cool. Zuckerberg's here. You know what I mean? But we've already. But instead, you take it all over and people are like, yo, you get a front row. You're not a real fan. Yeah, but he's not a real person. It doesn't matter. He wants to <laughs> maybe buy the UFC or something. Like there's obviously an agenda to it. If he's training and releases the training footage, and then comes out that he rented out the entire UFC arena just to watch this card. There's something that's happening behind the scenes. And Dana White took a great picture with him. Dana White loved it, obviously signed off on it. And Bezos got into Amazon Prime and football. So maybe he's angling somewhere with like fighting and Instagram and just the popularity of MMA increasing. Dude, yeah, he's I don't know, man. I don't know. Even I, some of the fighters like, hey, you're here. You rented out this whole stadium. How about supporting the fighters? Like even some of the fighters in their post-fight speech, like I forget who it was, made like almost like a call out, like put them on the spot. Like, hey, man, how about sharing the, the, some of that love for the fighters? See, I didn't see that as calling out. I saw a whole bunch of fighters commenting on Zuckerberg's thing. And mm-hmm. I think they see it as, yo, we might make money now. So buy a piece of the UFC and pay us more. Yeah, maybe. Not- I didn't think of it as, I think everybody was like, holy shit, there's like a whale now that could come in. So Mike Bisping called him a fucking nerd, but at the same time said he's good for MMA and will help bring in more fans. I don't know if I believe in the latter, although I agree with him as a fucking nerd, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think of Zuckerberg as being not a good thing for the UFC. Why? Just because he's weird, his personality? Yeah, I don't think he's going to put a dollar into MMA. He's rich. Yeah. Worth like $50 billion. Yeah. So everyone's willing to kind of suck his dick. But like, he can if he this- wants to do something, he could just do something without you like graveling. You know what he I mean? Can make, he can make the sport global. If he just changes the algorithms a little bit. The sport where, is global. No, but it's bigger. I know. Right now, right now, it's nowhere near where it could be. And I think they say one out of four people in the world have WhatsApp. And then like another one out of four people in the world have Instagram and then Facebook has 2 billion people, even though they don't always use it anymore. Right. If he tweaks the algorithms, he can make these fighters go from having hundreds of thousands of fans to millions of fans rapidly. There's yeah. something there. We're all assuming he's going to do things to help. I'm Why just saying, you? I don't, I don't see that. Yeah, maybe not, but then he's not going to hurt it. He just won't be involved like every other every other person. I don't you know? know. So if he For gets me, involved, it will help money wise. I heard some fighters also being like, I don't like that he rented out the whole place. I couldn't have like people here cheering me on. I didn't have the energy. It is kind of weird. Yeah, maybe. But it's your job. You got to fight. Like sometimes during the pandemic, there was no crowd. Right. Well, some that, people liked it. Khabib that was liked needed. It. Yes, that was needed. This I like it without the different. crowd sometimes. So do I. But I did Just find the whole Zuckerberg like thumb up like it was a fucking gladiator shit was weird. His he's wife so- being there. I don't think you'll ever see her again. He's socially awkward. 
and he's weird. Yeah, so that's and why he's gonna get like, Does he even know the rules? It looked like like the thumb up thing. I was like, is he just like? Do they think he's there for his approval? No, I think you're looking. I think you just don't like him. I think that's a lot of fighters. Just a lot of people don't like him. Yeah, so maybe. I don't do? know. He's got to learn how to fight then. If nobody likes him. <laughs> so. I felt indifferent to him until this, actually. So, really? yeah, I don't this know. This is what made you not like him? Kind, well, there's other things. But, like, I, I don't know. I've never been, like, a hater. Now I feel like I am. If anything, I've reversed. Now I'm like, all right, I respect you because you want to get good at this. A How little funny. bit. Does he? Your training. Know. Yeah, I don't know. I saw him surfing, too. It, it makes him a little bit more human. I, I maybe I don't know I don't know he gives me King Joffrey vibes dude I don't like him I think that's most billionaires though they're fucking <laughs> they don't live in the same world we do like when you have that much money like I guess so but that doesn't exactly make the case he's like oh but like that's other billionaires all right we'll throw in any billionaire then I guess I guess still get a little weird about it then but yeah. him especially Dana White's weird everybody has like some yeah maybe creep at that level i think we'll see but if he, if he puts in five billion dollars yeah he can, I mean, he can buy the ufc easily or you just yeah. buy part of it and then just be silent like that's that would be cool that'd be good for his legacy i think speaking yeah. of weird people since october let's talk about uh, spooky serial killers <laughs> okay well not just serial killers because there's a meme that went around that you shared that i also like kind of loved so jeffrey mm -hmm. dahmer like his netflix special he was the serial killer from milwaukee that killed and eight people one of his victims was a karate expert or a guy that did karate mm -hmm. and dahmer still killed him but uh, john wayne gacy who like jeffrey dahmer also killed young men almost yeah. killed a wrestler mm -hmm. but the wrestler got out of his handcuffs and took down john wayne gacy and then handcuffed gacy yeah. And so it was like, yo, grappling is different, you know? So if you want to escape a serial killer, like that was that was the scenario. Yeah, wrestling pays that? off for sure. Yes. That story was so crazy too, because the kid was 15 years old. And John Wayne Gacy, he was somebody that would like dress up like a clown. He was like a he was in local politics. He was like actually respected in the community. And okay, so think would, of think of every scenario that you've heard where someone has tried to apprehend a wrestler. It always ends up bad. Even Anthony Smith, when the guy broke into his house, that mm -hmm. guy was a wrestler. Anthony Smith was like, I can't believe it took everything out of me to get this guy down. Well, he was a wrestler, and he was also a wrestler on meth, though. So yes, that makes of course. It like so that boosts him up. Like sure. But you also but yeah, Anthony Smith, who's you know top five at the time, light heavyweight. So... Exactly. It is crazy. All I'm saying is like, it doesn't matter if you're a wrestler, you can't, it's almost like you can't be subdued. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. Like, like wrestling is easily the most valuable. So in terms of, yeah, like these serial killers, I often think that too. I'm like, oh, I'm more dangerous. Do you watch that uh, new show that's out? The Patient? It's on Hulu. It's with Steve Carell. And, uh, no. and this other guy that's a serial killer. Mm -mm. So the premise of the show is Steve Carell is a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. And he's like giving therapy to this 28 year old guy or whatever. Who's like awkward. And then eventually you find out that guy just kidnaps Steve Carell and basically, and puts him in his basement and is like, look, I'm a serial killer and I don't want to kill anymore. So you have to help me. <laughs> like, you know, and oh, wow. it's so, 
the scenario is he kidnaps his therapist to help him. And they allude in, and he's chained to this like one wall. So he only has like a semicircle. He could walk in with just a bed, a bedpan that he could pee in and a desk and a chair that he sits in where he does the therapy sessions with the guy. Okay. And the guy's room is just out of reach. And it's just like a typical 80s type basement or 90s type basement. Okay. And sometimes you see inside Steve Carell and his thoughts. And he's like talking to this other therapist that used to be his therapist. He's like trying to help himself because he's fucking kidnapped with a serial mm-hmm. killer. And the guy's like, well, you were a high school wrestler, you know? And he goes, that was 30, 40 years ago. Like, and he feels frail now and weak. But he's like, oh, but he, I feel like they're going to come to that sometime. Mm. But also, the whole time I watch it, part of me is like, I feel like if I, because the guy's a normal guy. It's not like some big, strong dude. I was like, if I met a normal guy that had no training, I'm choking them out. Yeah, as long as it's hand to hand. I guess that's always, yeah. Because it's a chain on my foot. And I feel like, in fact, I could use the chain to just fucking choke him. Yes. And so I feel like, I don't know if that's just me being... Yeah, but I mean, belt. if they get <laughs> like, close enough to you, if they like, you know what I mean? Like people are usually more cautious and careful. Well, in the show, you'll see he has gotcha. no fear okay. Steve Carell. You know? yeah, I've so always thought could... about like a lot of these serial killers do abduct people without any weapons. Mm-hmm. And I've always found that interesting. Now they do usually, you know, go to great lengths to figure out the right victim, the easiest victim. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just... I find it I find it odd that more people don't get away and fight back. It's so scary because exactly it's exactly what you said they pick the right victim. Yeah. They want weak people. They will drug you or get you drunk. And you ever watched the movie The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Yeah, a long time ago. Amazing movie. But there is a line in it that terrifies me because like one of the guys that's a killer, like, is it coming for a drink? And the guy's like, uh, and then he does go in for a drink. And then you find out that he like traps him and he goes, it's amazing. He's like, your instinct knew, knew that you shouldn't come in, but you just came in because you didn't want to offend me. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, it's amazing how often that happens. Like people will neglect their survival instinct in the off chance that they may come off rude. And I feel like serial killers figure this shit out. Yeah. They know how to just like leverage every weak or honest or nice point in you to take advantage of it. That's why it pays to be a jerk, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you also got to learn how to fight. So they don't want to even think of you as a potential victim. Yeah. Just a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're just not worth it. Let me go Mm -hmm. to somebody else. And God forbid you are in that situation. Like that young kid with John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Like take him down and fucking. Mm -hmm. It's so crazy though, because the guy, he, John Wayne Gacy got him drunk and then got handcuffs on him behind his back. And sometimes he would be like, oh, let me show you a trick. Mm-hmm. And then they're fucking handcuffed. Like, I it's so this. fucked up. Yeah. And so this kid, though, one hand was like loose enough where he was able to get it out. And then he fucking pinned Gacy down, even though Gacy's a big man. And he was just 15 years old. Held him down, got in his pocket, took out the keys for the handcuff, took the handcuffs off himself and then put them on Gacy. Yeah. But then Gacy was like, please let me out. And he like used this charm. And I guess the kid was 15 and afraid he was going to be called gay or something. What does he not mm-hmm. think? He's not going to kill Gacy because most people are not killers. Yep. 
he like Gacy eventually got like convinced him to get out and then spent the next three years killing like another 15 fucking people. That's so crazy. I know. It's so nuts. Yeah, people are nuts, man. It is wild. Do you like Halloween? Do you like talking about this stuff? I mean, I think everyone's infatuated with serial killings, but like, do you like Halloween in general? Yeah, I love Halloween. And I love that Halloween used to just be a day, I feel like. But now everyone just calls it like a season. Like it starts September 1st. And they're like, oh, it's fall. So it's spooky season. And it's 60 days of like being kind of (laughs) scared. Plus Dahmer was released. Right. Mm. So that like took over Netflix. And also, yo, shout out. Do you remember Damien Leone from high school? I do. He had big news. Yeah. Big news. Terrifier too. He's the one that he's the director that made Terrifier. Mm-hmm. We were in the same art class. It just and he always worked. He always loved the horror and he was always doing stuff. And Terrifier took off once it hit Netflix. And now Terrifier too. They said it made four hundred thousand dollars on the opening night Thursday, and twenty movies were released on Thursday, and his was the second per theater in terms of earning money. Yeah, so, I, I saw it's at 1.2 million right now. It's at 1.2 million? That's yeah, insane. and his and his budget for the movie was only like 35k. Incredible. Oh. Yeah, so huge. Yeah, I I love it. So yeah, I love this season, spooky season, and yeah. I don't know, just everybody's fascinated by true crime, no? I I think so. Yeah. Why do you like it? Why do I like Halloween? No, the spook like the true crime. More so. Oh. Oh, I don't know. I just have a fascination with people that are wildly different. I mean, I'm like the people that stand out the most are the people that make decisions I can't comprehend. And I must talk to those people like the yeah, I don't know why it's like that. I'm enthralled by that. Like the person that can't park between two lines. I'm like, I've got to meet this person. Like I like I just for me, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So when I find mm. things that I'm like, oh, I can't understand why they would do this like this, I need to know everything about them. Mm. And like so I think said. that just manifests more when you have like the most peculiar behavior of like, oh, I have this desire to kill people and it's unsatiable. Like I have to know, like, how did you get like this? Why are you like this? And there's, there's no one defining thing. But it is a fascination. How did you keep getting away with this? Why did you want, like, did you want to be caught? Mm-hmm. There's so many things. Do you and I also think, hunt? like, like, okay, people that are, like, killers, I'm also fascinated to know, like, oh, what are your other hobbies? Who's your favorite <laughs> sports team? Like, I want to know, like, everything to just know, like, them. Do you ever watch Mindhunter? Yes. Love it. Yeah, everybody should watch Mindhunter. I'm it's so bummed that. it doesn't continue to go. They might bring it back i think reboot it they only said so it's about at the start of the fbi psychology program and behavioral analysis because before it was more about like fingerprints and finding criminals mm-hmm. where they were like yo we have to study this and they're the ones that came up with the term serial killer like someone mm-hmm. who kills based out of compulsion and the difference is not like a mass killer it's like oh where i can kill 20 people at once you know like school shootings we see but like people that just have a consistent urge to kill. And it's fascinating because Freud was, I was reading Freud was saying something like some people have a death wish and some people have a life wish. And he said a lot of people has a death wish. And so maybe like, yeah, we're just fascinated with these criminals. Yeah, I do for that. sure. Like, you know, am I capable of that? Or yeah, how would I handle I mean, that situation? Yes. For me, it goes beyond criminals too. Like 
if your favorite Seinfeld character is not Kramer, like he makes like the most weirdest, like everything he does is so different. Like I want to know the Kramer in every scenario, right? Not just because he's like, he's hilarious too, but like all of his judgments and all of his like reasonings for things, you're always like, what? Like those are my favorite people. Kramer's your favorite character on Seinfeld? Easily. Really? Yeah, easily. See, for me, it's George. George is sure. the- Dude, I get George it. I get it completely. But for me, that, that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. Like, like that's my lore. Like the, the person in the room who I just, I just can't understand how they live their life, that's the person I'm drawn to. That's the person I want to be friends with. I don't know why. Yeah, well, friends with Kramer. <laughs> yeah, think of how many people we're crazy friends with. Yeah, I think you're attracted to it too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I love the I love when Kramer goes to fantasy camp and then Jerry's like, Your whole life is a fantasy. And I just oh I love Kramer. It's great. Coming back to fighting, there's a few other things that I found really interesting. Aldo says he wants to come back to box. Did he say who he wants to box? He didn't say who. Is he still under contract with the UFC or did they like let him go? I don't know. You should let him go. Aldo That's interesting. To do whatever and then speaking wants. of retired fighters, Kevin Holland's not done. Yeah, that was the shortest retirement. Yeah. They're like, oh, it has to be something super duper. And sure enough, they got him against Wonder Boy December 3rd. That's a fun fight. Hell yeah, that's so much fun. I love it. sucks because I like both of them a lot. Me too. Wonder Boy's the true karate kid. Yep. But Kevin Holland is just like, he's a gamer. I love Holland. I think Wonder Boy wins. I don't know, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to root for Wonder Boy. He has a shorter career. Yeah. And if Holland was talking about retirement, then maybe his head's not fully in it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think both are looking for a way out. So like a loss here is a good way out. Yeah, maybe it's a retirement match. Yeah. Hey, guys, this is Anoop. I'm sure you've heard. I have a startup called Renta. You can visit me at renta.com, R-E-N-T-A-H.com. The idea is you could rent any type of goods, service, or space. So you could rent uh, Arturo to teach you Brazilian jiu-jitsu, or you could rent uh, my friend Andy to uh, set up your podcasting equipment for your next gig, or you could rent uh, the Philosophy of Fighting podcast to uh, promote a commercial on our podcast, or some gear, right? Like our friend Michael Shear did if you want some Wu-Tang apparel. So uh, check out Renta. It would mean a lot to me. Cheers. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was Draymond Green. Draymond. Yep. What'd you think of that? I thought it was people are just it was fucked up because I don't feel like you should be fighting your teammates like that, but obviously <laughs> it does happen. You fight the people that you're closest to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, don't be like an enforcer on your own. I don't know, maybe you have to. It but it was a solid punch. He like punched him like fucking crazy. Draymond and Jordan Poole were talking. Jordan Poole was kind of looking away and saying stuff, but Draymond was loud and saying stuff. Then Draymond gets in his face. Jordan Poole pushes him away. And then Draymond Superman punches him and fucking throws him down. And then it's broken up. Yeah. But Draymond's a big man, like 250 pounds, like six, seven, like yep. being like full arm. Like great. I thought the technique was solid. Yeah. But Draymond Green has apologized since he did say he was wrong for doing it. Well, yeah, obviously, like you shouldn't be. Using I don't that. know. I mean, you could hit someone and be like, "Nah, I'm not apologizing. Nah, I don't think I was wrong. Yeah. But when you're on the same team, that's you have to. Yeah. You're, you're playing together so often. You want to win a championship. You don't want to cause 
Yeah, but you don't think that happened in like the nineties? It did. With and some like players. we didn't hear about it because there wasn't be a phone. There wasn't a. But you have to be so good to get away with that. The Draymond is declining, and they pay him a lot. You know, so like, if he's if Steph Curry does it, whatever. <laughs> like Curry can punch whoever he wants. You know, like he's a he's the he's the engine behind that team. Draymond is dipping he was like the heart behind the team draymond but if you're the heart you shouldn't be fighting your own fucking players yeah i mean yeah you shouldn't be fighting your own players but i understand when it does happen yeah, yeah. it's funny too though because everyone's like yo if i punch somebody i worked with i'm getting arrested oh yeah like with athletes ah, he'll, he'll, st- he'll still make 16 million yeah do you think somebody like that should get arrested though if they do that in a sport like no dude i don't think people should be arrested for punching Really? What if like some big dude fucking just punches like some twerp? How much damage does it do? Broke his nose. Okay, so he's liable for the nose. How do you determine like liable for the nose? Like how much it costs? Financially. What about what about what it uh, costs? What about emotional pain? No, it's not real. Emotional pain's real, of course it's real. Not financially, no. Of course financially, if therapy costs and stuff like that. No, 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 no. People go to war to get emotional pain. I'm not big into the duality of things. Mind and body is one. You don't have to call it mind or mental health. It's one. It's health. It's one. Okay, so it's impacting your health, though. Yeah, but like people classify it as like, ah, you don't know my mental health. Health. Okay, but regardless, the point is, Draymond. And some, also, if you're in charge of your mental health, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, even if you're going to classify it like that, like, yes, I can do something bad to you. That of course affects you, but like that's life also though. Of course. We're not talking about like a lifetime scarring event. We're not talking about like me hurting a loved one or like rape or like you got punched. Yeah, but it depends on the person and how often they punch them and like how big they are. Like they pummel you. It was just one quick jab, like a love tap. It's like a big dude, like just dominating sure. you. And the assailant should be liable for whatever it costs. I think so, if we lived in that way, then people might throw punches more. They might find it more. And then maybe people watch what they say a little bit more and to who they say it to. Maybe. But I don't. How often do you think people are saying shit where they deserve to get punched? And all the time. Really in real life, and then all, just all the I feel time. like online that's happening all the time. But Dude, I don't that, know if that's, that's for sure. Online, it's every that's all that is happening online, pretty much. Yeah, maybe. I feel like as long as two people want to do it, then you should let them fight. But if one person doesn't want to fight and somebody hits them, then that is sure. Up. And if you hit them, you are a jerk. But do I think it should be like emotional damages? You know, you go to jail for assault or something. I'm like, gosh, let's be more extreme on violence it's just one of those things where it's just you call people soft but you make things soft like of, of course yeah but we make things soft because we live in a society otherwise people will just go harder and harder and harder and it'd still be society it'd be a better one i would contend so say somebody has a gun because that's the ultimate form of like self-defense now and that's so different. say that why but let's say like some guy goes to punch somebody in the nose and then they just whip out there or a girl and they go to like hit some girl and then they take out like uh a gun just a little, a little gun and shoot changes everything we're talking about punches why because it's like life and death correct so what if that person kill you or it can permanently injure you 
And if a punch permanently injures you or kills you, then that's different. Then you classify it differently. But for me, it's all like the context of what that punch does. The actual physical art, like the physical act of like punching someone shouldn't be looked at like drawing a gun on someone. But I feel like today it's getting closer and closer to that. Hmm. And you're like, how silly is this? How far do we go? Can I push you next? Is push yeah, assault? Because people do go along those lines now. Like, oh, push is a battery. You're like, what? Remember Giuliani? Remember he got hit in the back and was like, ah, like, dude, where Giuliani are we is living? Such a pussy. Because he got he got patted on the back hard. But yeah, it was like this is what I'm saying. Is like, okay, that's not even like a strike. Like, what if I just push you? What if I nudge you? What if I trip you? How how far do we go with this? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, mm-hmm. if you don't have a weapon. Then you just have to base it on context, right? Obviously, if I knee you on the face and your head hits the cement, okay, yeah, you got to try that guy. If I punch you in the face and you have blood and nothing's broken, emotional damages, assault, really? Okay, that's fair. I think you also, because you said context, so I agree. You also have to look at the size of the people. Because if, if it's like a 260-pound dude and a girl then that's something different, you know, or like some feeble Depends man. on the damage done. What? No, it's just intimidating. There's no way a girl can defend herself against a 200 some odd pound short that is wants to hurt. Highly her. unlikely. But what if a 130 pound girl kills a 250 pound man with a strike? Let's just no, say that happens. Yeah, that's a freak accident. There's no way. That- but you let that up because of the context of their sizes. Because maybe because if you have the context of size in there, then it becomes one of these things where the bigger guy's like, oh, I can't hit her if she hits me. And now he's dead. You know what I mean? Like th- there's he's never going to die. Hundred thirty pound girl. Hey, I'm just saying it, it. it's where you draw those lines on like size. And it's like, oh, the bigger guy is always in the wrong. With and then it just enables the little guys to be more outrageous. Yeah, it's true. As a little guy, I believe that's fair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As a little guy, you believe it's fair, right? So I'm saying people should just be held in check with what they say more. Jesus said the meek shall inherit the earth. Yeah. He was a defender of the small people. Svelte, toned. Yeah, maybe that's already the case. I saw it's kind of related to this a little bit, but our, yeah, our attitudes on punching because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, famous basketball player, Mm-hmm. And uh, also activist and journalist. He writes a lot of articles now. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. read any of Kareem's stuff. Like, oh, wow. they're pretty good. He's talking about a lot of things happening in sports. Well, he hates Kyrie Irving. <laughs> and because of Kyrie's take on COVID, as well as just Everything. flat earth. Yeah. yeah okay. He's like, Kyrie is an idiot. And he said something along the lines of like, it's dangerous because so many young people look up to Kyrie. And I even seen it as a substitute teacher and teacher here where I would talk sometimes about, I teach geography and people would be like, well, Kyrie said the earth is like, and I'm like, Kyrie's an idiot. Like, you know, so a few people, not many, but I remember like a few years ago when this was like going viral, like, yeah, the kids are like, oh, well, Kyrie said this. And so it was like, motherfuck. Like, that's part of the reason I hate Kyrie. So People wanted to shit on Kareem. And so they found an old clip of Kareem getting elbowed. Some guy elbowed Kareem in the stomach. And then Kareem like kind of gets up, like he takes the foul. 
he like walks up to the guy and then fucking drills the guy with a punch. And then people were like, oh, so that didn't, that was good for the youth, you know? And then people yes. got so many likes. But then people were like, yes, it is good for the youth. Like this was at a time when the league was super racist and this guy just fucking elbowed him. Yeah. Didn't get, didn't get called for a foul and then defended himself by just fucking clocking the guy. And it maybe was a sucker punch, kind of. But if the guy elbowed you, he should be prepared for a punch. Mm-hmm. But he was so like nonchalant where I can elbow you and get away with it. Is it really truly even a sucker punch then if you started it with an elbow? Right. Maybe weren't looking for the punch. Like, fuck that. Like, that's not that Dude, bad. Even today, the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kenny Pickett. Uh-huh. He got hit by a defensive lineman. And it was like at the knee. You can tell it was like looking to be an injury. It was a legal shot because Kenny Pickett was out of the pocket. But this defensive lineman could have easily wrapped him up at the waist. Like it was right there, but like changed levels and went at and tried to twist the knee. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett gets up and gets right in and pushes him back down to the floor. Like as a quarterback, you don't see people, quarterbacks like attacking a lineman, a defensive lineman. He attacks, and of course, the both teams get in there. They fight it up, but I'm like, I like Kenny Pickett. I felt like that was a cheap shot, too. Ooh. And at the very least, you let him know, like, hey, I'm not putting up with that shit. Yeah, I'm watching the clip now. Mm-hmm. I don't know how dirty the play was, but it did almost injure him. Yeah. So I don't know if he was, like, trying to be dirty. The guy died. In either instance, that is defense. Like, oh. to me, like, I don't look as that as, like, a bad move from Kenny Pickett. I'm like, no, that's the guy I, I want. Exactly. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I like Kenny Pickett now too. After watching that, good. Yeah, that, that alone. I'm like, I'm on his team, man. Yeah. I just no look bitch. at that as more mutual combat. You're on the field together. Yeah. Where sure. Draymond Green, when he punched the guy, I don't think he was expecting to get punched because they're on the same team. But when you're that's on true. opposing teams, anything should happen. Fascinating. Yeah. All right. Good for Kenny Pickett. Fighting in sports is different. You are already doing simulated fighting anyway, like competition. So fighting is going to be the I next. guess. I mean, I don't, I don't think it has to be that much different, right? Like, they're doing their jobs. Imagine punching someone at your job, right? But like, yeah, I don't know. I, I also think that getting punched by someone shouldn't make you hate them for the rest of your life either. Because if you're that person, you're also more up to, I think you're just a product of never gotten hit. Have you been punched by somebody though when you were younger that was like obviously more physically imposing than you? 100%. And like it doesn't... too many times. So that's why you work out now. Maybe. Yeah. So it did have an impact on you. <laughs> so that's a net positive. Yeah, it's better. It's like those episodes of like Jerry Springer or like Jenny Jones. You remember when we were growing up, like the daytime TV? And it was like these hot people confronting yeah. their bullies. Yeah. And then like, in the end, like, I remember some of the blues are like, so I'm like, I made you hot. Like, <laughs> you, you got your shit together. But it is fucked Yeah, I think, the, I think the first fight I got into was in a hockey. Uh, at least as far as I can. Oh, maybe not. I'm not sure. Memory gets really blurry before third grade. But like, in hockey, uh, was it Mertzel? Yeah, Mike. <laughs> yeah, he just beat the shit out of me. Mike Mertzel was huge in yeah, our dude, elementary he, school. I, I feel like and he was like 12 high. years old and already like 240. You're like, like this guy was just way too big. Like, I'm like, how is this guy the same age as me? You think Mertzel still fucks you up? No. 12-year-old Mertzel? 
Dude, I, year old <laughs> just knowing all the people that we went to high school with and the state of shape that most of them are in. No, no. I just think it's funny, though, that the people that were like badass in elementary school and junior high, when you think about them, like you imagine them so much bigger, but they were they were just like 12. You know, yeah. like if you saw them now, you'd be like, that was the big boat. Like, you know, we're yeah, yeah, yeah. adult. Mm-hmm. And we like these names, like when you said Mertzel, like I remember, like, oh yeah, like mm-hmm. he was tough. <laughs> and it's just yeah. these mythical, like badasses. I wonder if they also think that too. Like these people. They're like, yo, Maybe. that was that was the man. But yeah, I don't I don't think taking a punch is as bad as people think. And I think like it's very easy. Like if I saw Mertzel, like I think I fought him more than once actually. Like I'd be like, hey dude, how are you doing? Like, I don't know, like yeah, I, I don't. I can't imagine holding a grudge because I've been punched by someone either. Like mm-hmm. it's just a punch. Well, you like your life now. I think there's some people though that may not like their life, and then maybe they'll hold on to the negative memories. More I think that's like memories. the person's. Like I don't think that's the external factor. Like that's how you've shaped it. Now it's like like you've made it to be something bigger than it is. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, oh, like I got picked on. And, you know, they picked on me because, you know, I like this or something or this is who I am. And they picked on me because of who I am. And I'm like, dude, it's not as deep as some people make it out to be, you know, and then you make it like to be like this, like character flaw you have. And now you have to battle it your whole life. I'm like, no, not to be like that at all. I agree. But we are trying to find meaning and people do try to understand, you know, so they're going to go through all the scenarios and try to figure it out. I, I guess. I, I don't know. That, that's a weird one to me. I'm with you. Though. I think you have the right perspective, but it's easier said than done. For some. Sure. I mean, I, like, you know, there, there's definitely a case for like the kid that has been picked on and bullied and just lost like every fight they've ever been a part of. And like, yeah, there's definitely a problem there. But I don't know. I, I just also don't think punches are as bad. I think actually using the fear of violence as your instrument is more dangerous than the actual violence. Sure. Sure. Right. It's like the creepy part in a movie. It's not like when it happens, it's like with the lead up to it with the music and you're like on Mm -hmm. pins and needles and you're terrified. That's a little bit more like a psychological. Yeah. If you're always scared of being hit for every decision you make. Yeah. That's I guess that's a scary life until you're not scared to get hit. And we've had a lot of fighters that were bullied. George St. Pierre was bullied mm-hmm. and he became champion. Mike Tyson was bullied for his voice and he had the hardest upbringing. His mom was a prostitute and he was abused by a lot of people growing up and he mm-hmm. just channeled that into. I mean, I would contend if you were badass. born before 2000, you've been bullied at some point in your life. Yeah, of course. Had right. Been. I mean, are yeah. kids bullied? Like, is, is, is that like a standard? Is, is everyone still bullied at some point in their life? Or are there, is there a new generation that just goes through life with the chance that they never got bullied? I don't know if they never get bullied. I just think they get bullied less, but it still Definitely impacts less. them. It still probably impacts them the same because it's just like one of those things where, oh, now I feel it. So you're going to feel that pain and then you have to deal with that pain, whether big or small. So and it happens online. Anywhere? What happened? So, so where are we getting? Is it better? Is it worse? Is it the same? I think it's better. I think kids are... Like a war against bullying is not a war that's won. 
I, th- I definitely think there is like a market for some like tough love and bullying, mm-hmm. but I also think it's nice that people are kind and want to take care. No, there is. And what I mean people by like the war on bullied. bullying is kind of like the war on poverty. There's always going to be poverty. There could be less poverty for sure, but like the war on bullying. Yeah. That's, that's a weird one to me. It's just, it should it's be like, fair bullying. You should bully people that are bad. But I think it used to be like bullying. Yeah, then you're like, bullying the bullies. And then it becomes like this thing is like the bully's the victim now. And you're like. <laughs> but I feel like that if you watch like 80s movie in the past, it was like they were bullying like the handicapped kids or immigrants or like people that had disability. You know, like that's mean. But you like yes. bully somebody like you have to learn how to fight back and be funny. No, like all, that's all, good. Look, all bullying is mean. But like sometimes that's also the world right like sometimes a bird takes a shit on you sometimes like like mean things do happen yeah we were talking though today people about bird park like assholes you. or drive like assholes like you have to be you have to encounter that but you know that what they say now about when a bird shits on you it's good luck yeah that which is just horse shit <laughs> saying that so you feel better about just literally taking a dump from a fucking thousand feet and landing on you it's the worst luck ever so it's about just feeling better yeah dealing with it dude come back as a bird and just shit on everybody shit on these fools yo bird that that's how a lot of seeds are transferred transferred birds eat seeds then they right and then you have new trees everywhere so yeah it's it's dumb but the point is yeah I, i just think that punching doesn't have to be as bad as it's looked at i agree all right today's homework punch somebody today well i do I like it every Ty- week in a gym i like tyler's thing where he's like you have to lose the fight that was like, yeah that was so selfless and positive like no you can't win like don't just hit somebody but make them hit you and give them that feeling of like yes i fucking yeah you liberate them completely yeah and then plus you're not afraid of losing because you just lost and you chose to lose and you realize mm-hmm. it's not that bad. Yes. Tyler Durden. That, that's also bad. my point is like, yeah, you get punched and realize, ah, not that bad. I think it's like the societal like pressure of like, you've been like disgraced. You've been like disgraced. That's a punch, man. Like, I don't know. It like, it's, it's, it's if, as if you tripped in public and like people saw you and like, you're so ashamed about it and it ruins your day. And you're like, Dude, everyone fucking trips. Fuck off. Like, it, you know, like, it's how you perceive that. You're like, shit. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, you trip. Who gives a shit? This, that's the same way I look at a punch. Like, someone punches, like, who gives a shit? I think you also look at it like a game, too. So if you never play football because you're afraid you're going to lose, everybody loses. You're going to have to lose. You'll probably yeah. lose more than you win, but you're, yeah. that's the game. Mm-hmm. So you enjoy the victory. Yeah, I think we do put too much emotional strain on a lot of things today, but. It's part of the cycle, I guess, of just advancing. That's yeah, weird. Let's. The last thing I wanted to kind of touch up on is Makachev and Oliveira. Yes, the card of the year, or maybe two years or three years. Like, yeah, I'm with Chael Sonnen though. Something's gonna happen to this card. Why? This happens to all great cards like this. This is like the greatest card on paper of all time. Someone's missing weight. Someone's, you know what I mean? And now they already have all this thing. It's like, all right, it's two weeks before the fight. Oliver is still not in Abu Dhabi. And even Makachev no, is like, I'm getting ready for a no-show. They showed a pick, though. He was on his way. So he just showed up later. Then Yeah, no, for sure. But is he on weight? Is he going to make weight? Like, these are all legit questions, too. And not only that, like, the other fights are sick, too. 
The other fights are amazing. So you have Peter Yan, the number two bantamweight in the world, versus Sean O'Malley, who's ranked 12, but is such a hot prospect. And I love their different like body types. Like Yan is short and super technical, and Sean is just long, lanky, and fucking exciting, and can throw out anything. Mm-hmm. Who do you think wins in that one? I think Peter Yan, but I'm gonna bet on Sean O'Malley, just because the odds are like three and a half. Really, that much? Mm-hmm. It's significant. I would bet definitely on Sean O'Malley. With that. Yeah, like it's a three-round fight. Sean usually comes out pretty hot. Peter doesn't. He usually warms up mm-hmm. more later. In a three-round fight, like if Sean can stun him early, which could happen, he could either finish Jan. It's possible. Or even walk away with a decision. Sean's got great power. If he tags him. And most people don't want to strike with Sean O'Malley. And so I feel like Jan's going to want to strike with Sean O'Malley. Which yeah. I, so I still like gun to my head. I'm picking Jan to win. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I definitely think Sean is going to stun Peter Jan. And Peter Jan's going to rely on some wrestling. And the wrestling will that. get it done. Yeah, I can see that too. But I do think that Jan is going to be like, oh, I'm hurt. At some point. The fight besides the championship that I'm most looking forward to is Gamrot versus Daryush. That's a great fight, too. How do you see that one going? Daryush is like eight, has eight wins in a row. And Gamrot just had an amazing win against Yeah, I, I like Gamrot's style more. So you think he's going to win or you're just saying you like him more? Both. Gamrot has great wrestling, great jiu-jitsu. But I so think the Daryush. wrestling will beat Daryush. But Dariush has great wrestling, too. He I mean, does. he's great jujitsu. He does. And hits like a fucking tank, too. And since he's been training with Rafael Cordero, like, Dariush used to be known just for grappling, but now yeah, he's, he's knocking no joke. people out. The other fight's good, too. Bilal Muhammad versus, what's his name? Sean Brady. Sean Brady, yes. My guy. He's fucking sick. And Brady's undefeated, correct? Yep. That's an amazing fight. Then you have Aljamain Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw. Who do you have? Incredible. Yeah, dude. Someone, I'm telling you, in this last week, someone's getting hurt sparring. Someone's going to miss weight. This is too good to happen. Don't say it. I know. I'm not just being pessimistic. This is just historically what happens. Also, Oliveira Makachev is the closest we'll get to Tony versus Khabib. Yeah. And so it only makes sense. Like that failed five times. And then now this is good. Oh, this is what I'm God. saying. Like the MMA gods, they just don't want this type of style to clash. <laughs> this will be the best fight ever. I, <laughs> gun to your head. Who do you pick though? Oliveira Makachev? Yeah. Ma- Makachev. But That's I'm good. rooting Oliveira all the way. Exactly. Okay. Same. Why do you think Makachev wins? Why do you... His control is uh, the best that there's ever been. His top control is the best there's ever been. Striking-wise, who do you give the advantage to? Oliveira, easily. Just pure groundwork. And and wrestling, obviously, advantage goes to Islam. But pure just being on the ground, who do you think has the advantage? Like if it was a submission wrestling match. Sub-only Oliveira, no question. Mm. But it's not sub-only. So control. Do you think... Oliveira, do you think there's any thought in Oliveira's mind that Makachev could take him down and control him? Yeah. I, I, Oliveira's been training his defensive wrestling a lot. Okay, so you think, he, you think he's I think Oliveira is aware that the biggest, the biggest discrepancy in skill level 
is in the standing. Okay, but Oliver has also said that he's like, I'll start the fight on the on my back. Do you think yeah. that's like him just saying shit to get in Makachev's head? Yes. Or do you think he really believe he might really believe that, which is what makes me nervous? Maybe. I don't think so though. But I also want him to believe that too. This is like the hardest fight to figure out what's gonna happen. I don't think I've looked forward to a fight any more than this fight. It is in my top for sure. Which is amazing because two years ago I probably would wasn't even thinking about these fighters. You That's know, and it now it's like my favorite fight maybe ever. Like I Yeah, can't well in the last wait. two years, Oliveira's tear has been unmatched. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that don't know, Oliveira had like a terrible bone disease growing up. Like he was in a wheelchair, like when he was like five years old. They were like, he shouldn't play sports and super, super poor, like from the hood. And then when he started fighting, people were like Charles Oliveira. They gave him the nickname like Du Bronx because they always assumed Bronx was poor. And so they called all the favelas in Brazil, like the Bronx. And they were kind of making fun of him being like, oh, like here's this ghetto kid. And then he just made that his nickname. He liked it that much. And I just fucking love that. And he's such a beast, but he just, he has been getting knocked down in all these fights. I mean, he wasn't even, I mean, he was good when he started, but like not elite. He really came into it later. He was 20 and he was skinny. Mm -hmm. And now he like, looks like a man, like Jack. And they said he goes into the fights weighing 180. Mm-hmm. And they said one of the fights he weighed 183. Yeah, I mean, he's historically had a hard time making weight. But I think, like, we didn't think of Oliveira as a big guy. No, past. now he is, though, yeah. Now he's a big guy, so he yes. has that strength. And Islam is a pretty big guy, too. Like, Dagestanis know how to cut weight. Mm-hmm. So strength-wise, like, they'll be equal. Like, technique-wise, they're both, like, great. Like, striking-wise, they're both great. Like, it's like, fuck. It's I just, found this funny Islam that Javier Mendez... Javier Mendez, uh, Islam's coach, said that I don't like the way he phrased this either, but he said that Islam Makachev is already the greatest lightweight of all time. And I'm like, so already? I'm like, before he wins the title? I'm like, it's such an absurd statement to me. Like, do you mean in the training room? It's definitely not in the cage. It's I think a that's weird what he means. Because he can beat Khabib, I think is what he's insinuating. And Khabib is the greatest of all time. So if he could beat Khabib in training, then are you the greatest of all time? Oh, cool. So when we talk about the greatest, we also include practice. That's weird. I, I don't know. That's totally weird. If there is a, if there's a guy in the gym, that's consistently beating the best in the world. That guy in the gym is the best in the world. Not if it ain't on the field, but they never would do it on the field because they love each other. Makachev looks to Khabib like a brother. Even still, I don't know. I can name, I, I, I can disagree. name 10 guys greater than Islam's career has been thus far. Who's Oh, career-wise, for sure. I'm just saying, if yeah. the stipulation though, Islam's is greatest Khabib win is, the best. is uh, Rafael dos Anjos, which is a great win. Mm-hmm. But that's by far and away his best win. Like, I can tell you a list of 20 lightweights with better resumes than that. But part of it is that nobody wants to fight Islam, so he can't get a better resume. Sure. But again, that's a crazy statement to make. Now, Actually, Islam beats Oliveira. Maybe you can make that statement. Maybe... Islam never beat RDA. Oh, then who was they, his best win? They were supposed to fight. Mm. It might be Dan Hooker, <laughs> which is, and Dan Hooker's maybe more of a 145er. Let me look it up. Islam is undefeated. Actually, no, he lost once to Adriano Martin. Which is funny. Adriano Martin feels that Oliveira will beat him. 
Nick Lentz, Gleason Tebow, K. John Johnson, Armin Sarukian, Davy Ramos, Drew Dober, Thiago Moses, Dan Hooker, Bobby Green. Good fighters, but no Definitely. elite of the elite. Definitely. Yeah, you're right. just saying best ever? No. Exactly. Unless Great resume, for sure. Unless Islam is dominating Khabib in the training room, then it's like, yo, he could be the best ever and just nobody's fighting Islam. What happens in training doesn't really matter. I don't know if I totally agree with that. If you're going to talk about best ever, greatest of all time, it only matters what happens there. If you strike out in batting practice every time, but hit out bangers at the game, it doesn't like practice does not matter. When you're talking about a career, you're talking about what you got paid to do. Yeah, but if I'm beating Khabib in the training room, then I'm cool. A fucking yeah, beast. you should feel great. But you can beat me in the training room all day. But if you don't beat me on the stage, who gives a shit? Yeah, no, there is something about being extra clutch. Yeah, and that's the difference. Oh, I can't wait for this fucking fight. Well, not much longer. I know, less than two weeks. Hopefully. <laughs> no, it's going to happen. We're, uh, we're going to will it. We're going to will it to happen. too much with Tony and Khabib. So this has to happen. This is the yes. for all of that. Should we end there? Yeah, I think that's all I got. All right, sounds good. All right, thanks for listening like always, guys. Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.